you can see, Pastor Sullivan is not here. He is away right now. So we're going to have our brother Corey co-minister the gospel. Let's give him a warm round of applause. All right. Thank you. So let's get a few things out of the way. First is thank you for everyone who's come this evening. And then uh, secondly, for those of you who don't know me, my family's been in the process of moving and uh, and participating in an exercise of sleep deprivation. So um, first I need to thank my daughters for the lovely notebook that I used. And uh, thank you. Because uh, in the process of moving, there's a lot of things we don't have that we normally would. Um, besides time. Um, so to them, thank you for letting me so graciously borrow the notebook you didn't know I took. So thank you. And uh, secondly, to every anyone that's a visitor, we just want to thank you for coming. Uh, we are... Uh, very much appreciative to have the opportunity to uh, have you with us this evening, and we very much appreciate it, um, and glad you're with us, and uh, listen, because God has a message for every one of us. And with that, um, not long ago, I had uh, listened to the autobiography of Reinhard Bunke, and one of the things he continued to repeatedly go back to in his book was that uh, he would follow God's protocol first. And one of those things was altar call, not protocol. And with that, he said every time that someone asked him to speak, he first would always consider the ABCs of the gospel. So I figured that might be a good place to start before I get to the main part of my text. And, And with that is that each of us are incredibly value, valuable beyond measure, And because of the value that God has put upon us, that he sent his own son at such a high cost to die for our sins. And yes, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, as the Bible has said. And many of us already know that. But through that, he made a way for us that we could be saved. This is the same offer that's available to each person. But firstly, it's because we are so valuable. Um, The title of this sermon is actually Through the Fire, which might not seem related to the first portion that I was briefly speaking about, but it's actually very intertwined and interconnected. Um, God, throughout the Bible, spoke through fire, brought people through fire. Fire has touched many things. And when we see fire in our everyday life, it might not be that noticeable to us sometimes, but it's incredibly valuable and has much purpose. It's the very reason why we have a hot water to bathe with. It's the very reason why we have a warm home to sleep in. It's the very reason why we even have a car that we can drive. Because without fire, we have none of these things. And then even through the Bible, fire was used for refining things. It was used to even, in modern days still, to refine gold. It was Heat and pressure was even used in even the creation of diamonds something of an incredible value. And also fire is even made in the fashioning and the forming of swords and nowadays all other sorts of weapons. Because without heat, and without fire, none of these things can be made. So in the, the main text that I'm really going to focus on first here is God has spoken to Moses and he has given him the Ten Commandments up on Mount Horeb And he spoke to them through the fire. So I'm going to read that text briefly. I've got a couple others that I'll read along the way, but I'm going to start there. So out of heaven, 
He let you hear his voice that he might instruct you. On earth he showed you his great fire, and you heard his words out of the midst of the fire. So out of the fire is where something of an incredible value was given to the people, the children of Israel. Now, we might not immediately identify the Ten Commandments as something of great value, but it truly is, not just for the individual, but for society as a whole. And that's not the only place where God has spoken to mankind uh, through the fire, but the, it, the same still remains is that something of great value came through the fire. He even called Moses to help free the people from Egypt through the fire. He called him at the burning bush and he, he looked aside and, and through the fire he spoke to Moses as well. And, of course, I lost that one on my, uh, on my list really quick. But he, he used that to grab his attention because I, thinking of fire myself, I, I do enjoy a good campfire. And one of the things that fire does is it draws the eye. It captivates us. It brings our attention. It brings our focus. And it brings it to that one place in and this same, uh, in this same uh, reference here was also made a little bit earlier in Deuteronomy 4.15. It says, Take careful heed to yourselves, for you saw no form when the Lord spoke to you at Horeb out of the midst of the fire. Now this is because they believed they were going to die if they actually saw God. But still, this is an incredibly valuable, incredibly important thing that happened to them there. This was not a small thing. And even in our modern day, uh, one of the things that uh, our own military goes through in the Marine Corps, you now we at least have at least one of them here today, they go through the crucible. And a crucible is actually what's used for refining, uh, re- refining things with fire, which is, I believe, part of why they chose that for this endurance event at the end of, of their, uh, it's not truly boot camp, but their 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 training that they start off their military service with, and that intense pressure develops something of incredible value in them that cannot uh, be achieved any other way, otherwise they would do it another way. Now, there is uh, more than one way that fire can impact us, and it leads me to the second place that I immediately thought of when I thought of speaking from within the fire. And with Christ in our lives, we can walk through the fire of our lives and all the turmoil and all the the upheaval in our lives, and and we can go through it without being scarred. There was another book that I had read about a doctor who um, grew up Catholic in in a family with a mother and father and five total five children, all brothers. And he um, was incredibly badly burned in a fire. And it caused horrible scarring over a very large majority of his body. And these scars will be with him forever. They can't be undone. And this is one of the things that I think of when we go through, the, through this world, through this life without Christ, is when we fall into sin, the problem is, is that when we do these things 
without Christ, and we go into these things we ought not go into, that we are burned, and we are forever marked by those things. We absolutely can be forgiven, just like I said at the beginning, because that's one of the very fundamental things that, that, that God did for us with Jesus Christ, is he made a way for us to be forgiven, made a way for us to be washed away of our shame, and to no longer hold the guilt to the things that we once did. But nonetheless, we do have these memories we do have these marks within our lives that if we go through and, and look at these things, that they have changed us, changed who we are, changed the way we even look at life. And even if that's someone who sinned against us, there's some horrific things that have transpired over all of humanity, some that are not even able to be mentioned here because they're just not appropriate, that scarred people for life. And even thinking back to um, World War II with, with the Holocaust, we have diaries from different people that walked through the Holocaust. They may have been impacted by it, but they, they came through with their faith and their lives intact. Not that every man survived or every woman survived far from it, but that those that had Jesus Christ as the center of their focus we're able to make, th- make it through it with the relationship and make it to a much better place, to say the least. Like Each one of us, just because we're saved, doesn't mean we're not going to have trials, doesn't mean we're not going to have other things come within our lives. So this brings me back to the, the, the second point, and this is where uh, King Nebuchadnezzar had thrown uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire, and he said, look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. So for us, as we follow Christ, there's nothing that can be truly hurt beyond this world if we follow him faithfully through it. And even through those fire, even through the pressure, there's something that can be made of incredible value in each of us. Just like the refining of gold and it even brings me to thinking of fire as well, that um, certain forest fires cause seeds to be germinated that can be germinated no other way. Some of these seeds won't germinate till they exceed nearly 2,000 degrees, which would seem like it should con- consume them, but it doesn't. But it actually causes the outermost layers to be stripped away, but yet the core that's in the center that's left germinates and grows immediately after the fire. And that fire leaves a rich soil full of the ash and and everything that's left behind. And what's left behind is that seed that's ready to grow, and and it's, again, of high value, that makes it through the fire. And even as the children of Israel walked throughout the the wilderness, the the point of reference that they sought after was the, the pillar of fire by day, I'm sorry, by night and the cloud by day, Still, they sought after the fire, and the fire, in this case, was God himself and his presence that they could follow. And again, that's what brought them uh, to the the land that he promised them, even though they took a little bit of a detour. I know I've taken one myself here or there, but it still brings them back to the same place in the end. And back to the, the forming of swords that through this fire 
when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, that was the first fundamental, uh, dare I say, sword or word that was directly from God recorded and in writing. And that's a powerful weapon in our hands that has been fashioned through an incredible fire that none of us truly can comprehend. In truth, I would love to have been there, but in the same breath, I'm fearful of having been there. Um, And each one of these are just incredibly um, amazing in themselves. And speaking of the the refining, that the I know many different sermons have been on the refining fires, but in each of us, the fire that is applied to each of us can do two things in each of our lives as well. It, one, it does refine us and makes us of more value, and it can strip away that husk, that outer layer that no longer needs to be there in order for God to move. But it also helps us to be sharper and to be exactly what God would want us to be. Because one of the things that I found that when things are easy, that there does not need to be as much attention to our detail of life. There doesn't need to be the same vigor in all that we do. And in fact, when things are too easy, we simply become weak. That's actually the way we are designed as far as our bodies are concerned. Our bodies directly respond to the work that we have before us. And I think, that's, I think that's likely why God actually gave Adam and Eve the first job of being gardeners, is so that they could work with their hands and just make prosper what he had given them. And now that's someplace I'd like to go someday. Not like post, but go back in time, because I think God could take care of those things. At least I, he has no restrictions, so why not? And... Um, it's just one of those slightly humorous things that I think of. I don't know if you guys think of things like that, but um, uh, this is another verse here I wanted to read. I'm trying to find it real quick. Well, I can't find it. That's fine. So as far as the things in our lives that, that we encounter, the first time you know, each of your children encounter something like fire, I know telling Rowan when he was little, he would point to it and he'd be like, hot, hot. Literally, he was just like that. He, and he would mimic us and do the same thing. But we, we taught him that because we didn't want him to get burned. And I think of God in the same way here when he gave us the Ten Commandments. He pointed it out to us because he wanted to tell us, if you go there, you're going to get burned. And those burns can leave scars and can even leave lifelong impact on an individual and sometimes even on people beyond them because of the impact it made to them. And it's truly uh, an amazing thing. But on the counterpart, Jesus came to this earth and he walked it without sinning. The only one to have ever done it, and I believe he's the only one to ever do it, even in future tense, because I don't think it's within us, other than the simple fact that there's a sin nature, but that's a story for a different day. But he came to this earth so that 
even with the scars and even with the pain that comes from having dove headlong into all the things that God has already spelled out for us not to do. Sometimes, even if we're not fully aware of all these things, I know when I was a child, I didn't have to be taught that stealing was wrong or lying was wrong. And I believe that's because God has put it within us, that we inherently know these things that are wrong, and we actually have to make quiet our response to our own inward knowledge that these things are wrong. So unfortunately, some children are taught at a very young age to ignore that voice. But that's one of the things is we need to listen to God when he speaks. And especially when he speaks through the fire of our own lives, sometimes we're not listening because I know that when the prophet was on the mountain, he spoke rather than through the wind and the fire and all these, and the earthquake and all these things. He actually spoke in a still, small voice. And I can tell you, I would much rather hear God through the still, small voice than um, have everything burning down around me before I finally hear him. Now, with Moses, he was drawn aside, and that's another thing, to simply get his attention. But so, and that speaks to simply that, that God will do what it takes to get our attention. And for some of us, our inability to listen can not just impact ourselves, but can impact many, many others. Because when we don't listen to what God has commanded us, there's literally lives in the balance time, at, at times. Whether it be something simple and minuscule that we might not have otherwise even thought of at all. Um, but, there, but it's a truth that simply that, that God calls each of us to specific things at specific times at specific places. And yes, he is an all-knowing God, and he's able to accomplish his purposes with or without us, but I do believe that there is a consequence to us not listening at the right time, no different than the consequence of not sticking, of not listening and not preventing yourself from sticking your hand in the fire that you know is there. Because I don't think anyone in this room would just willingly take an open flame and just stick your hand in it and wait for your flesh to burn, because it hurts. I believe that's what God has designed for us. But onto the hope, and that's the hope that comes in Jesus Christ. And the hope is that he has made a way for us. He has paid the price for us. And he is an all-knowing, all-loving God that has placed such an incredible value on us that he sent his son to this earth to die for us that we could be forgiven, that we have opportunity to have a restored relationship with him. And that's one of the greatest tragedies of sin and of being burned by the situations of life is that we separate ourselves. Just like the, in the book, with, I don't remember the title, that's how I would say it, but with the doctor there, the first thing he did is he was, he was completely separated from all of the world while he was trying to heal from the burns that he sustained because one, he couldn't go anywhere, and two, he couldn't speak for months. And sin separates us from God, and, but his son paid the price that we could have a relationship restored with him so that even though we may have been burned from the fire, just as this doctor who was burned head to toe with fire was healed and restored and made whole again, he may have been changed, but... He was also 
changed for the better, and he even says so in his book, that, that if it wasn't for the circumstance that he went through, that he would never have become the man he was today, and he also would have never have started um, aggressively telling other people about Jesus Christ, because he was a very passive person, and when it came to things of religion in his mind, and simply put, as a free side note, we're a church that believes in healing, we're a church that believes in restoration and freedom and forgiveness, because those are the things that Jesus Christ all believed in, and showed in the actions and works while he was on this earth, and still, to this day, God is still working, and still is healing people, setting them free, and that same freedom and that same healings are freely available to us even today. And with that being said, um, there's no limit to his power. There's only a limit to our own uh, thoughts and our own mindsets. And that's why sometimes he has to strip away some of the other layers first so that we're ready to accept all that he had for us. And there are many trials that... that even as believers, that we'll go through. But he'll be with us every step of the way, just as, um, just as the, in the fiery furnace that they were with him. And which brings me to one other note. And I was thinking of Elisha when he was called in First Kings. Is the first thing that he did was he took the plow, he broke it, he burned it, and sacrificed the oxen on the fire. So for him, the fire was a point of separation that burned up and, and made a separation from where he was to where he was going. It made it so there's no turning back. Because one of the things fire does is it changes things to a point where it is truly impossible to undo what the fire has done. And he came into an opportunity when he was called by God and he chose to accept it, to excel at it, and to pursue it. And each of us, we should do the same, regardless of which point we're at here, whether you've never been saved or if you've been saved for 50 years. God calls us all the same, and it's a matter of what we will do with what he's asked us to do. It could be as simple as talking to your neighbor, or it could be as complex as being a missionary in some foreign land, but the call is still the same. And if we would listen to him, even through the fire of our life, because when it comes down to it, each of our lives is very busy with noise. And I can tell you that firsthand, like I said at the beginning. Recently, there's been a lot of noise in even my own life from moving and getting things ready for tenants and, and work and all these other things that grip and grasp at my attention and my time. And it isn't until we finally actually seek God ourselves that he speaks. Sometimes he uh, has to use a situation to, to wake us up, and I don't mean just from a nap. Even though that sounds great. <laughs> it's true. Um, and with that, I was just saying that um, fire changes things permanently. Even when it burns a person... It can't be undone. They can make measures to help it, to heal it, to, to do their best. But there's nothing within our ability to truly make it the same as it was before. 
And it's no different than if you burned a piece of paper or a hunk of wood. There's nobody here that can undo it. And the same is true when we have an opportunity to respond to what God has called us and asked us to do, whether it be as simple as bowing our knee and accepting him for the first time or it be one of the other things like I would mentioned. So with that, I won't belabor this. I'm going to take an opportunity. I just want everyone to have their head bowed for a few moments here in respect to others. And one final note. Many years ago, they used to make curtains and even tablecloths out of asbestos because it could be thrown into the fire and remain completely unchanged because everything that was organic around it would all burn away. And there was actually a method how they would clean them as they would throw them into the fire. And God would take the opportunity of even the foolishness of preachers preaching the word that he has given us to call people to repentance, which means simply that we acknowledge and accept that we, were not only are we not perfect, but we are sinners that are in need of forgiveness. And that's what God has called for each of us. And if you'd be one of those people that are in need of forgiveness, that God is calling you right now, that that you too would want to be forgiven, set free, made whole again, restored. If you would want to receive that forgiveness that God so freely offers and it paid at such a high price, you could signify that simply with a raised hand. And we would be so honored to pray with you. It's a truly precious and incredibly valuable opportunity. And for those of us that are already Christians, or for those that may have been a backslider currently, whether you admit it or not, to be a backslider could be as simple as you have simply chosen to partake in sin, and you're walking in the wrong direction. And for each of us, that, that's going to have a little bit of a different look, but it's still going to have the same results And that will end up with us being forever changed. Sometimes it's something that happened to us. Sometimes it's a situation that presented us to was presented to us by another, and we chose poorly. And if and as far as the backslider would go, God still extends the same opportunity to you, just the same as those who have never been saved. He still freely offers forgiveness the same today as the first day you've prayed. Without condition, without hesitation, he freely, openly opens his arms and says, please, yes, I'm waiting for you. I'm eagerly awaiting the opportunity to forgive you of your sins because he wants to restore that relationship with you. And if that would be you and you'd want to restore that relationship that's been altered, that's been changed, that's, that's in need of restoration, if you could lift up a hand and signify that that would be you, God would be thrilled, overjoyed at the opportunity. And it doesn't matter how young or how old, 
or how seemingly insignificant the offense or the sin or whatever else it may be that happened. God is eager to the opportunity to restore that relationship because that's what he wants most, his relationship with us. That's why he spent such a high cost, the incalculable value of his own son for the opportunity for each of us. So if there's anybody that would want to receive that forgiveness, just simply raise your hand. We're not trying to do anything special here. We're just simply trying to give you an opportunity to pray with God, that you could restore your relationship with God, and we would be honored. No one's looking around. This is just between you and God. And with that, um, we'll open this up to Christians. There's varying degrees of where you might fall in the spectrum of what I was preaching about here tonight. Because God does speak to us through every everyday actions and throughout our lives. He calls us through the fire and he wants to bring us through the fire unharmed, but yet refined and made more valuable in every way to him and for the purposes of the kingdom. So if God has spoken to you here tonight, I'll give you an opportunity to open up the altars that if you need to pray with God that uh, you can find a place here tonight and, uh, and he will meet with you here.